0: Hello and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart.
1: Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Sitecore troubleshooting. Uh, I'm going to base the content of this um. Uh, just adapted from a presentation I've given at various user groups on kind of, kind of, um, what to do when Sitecore isn't exactly being your friend. Uh, when, when things aren't going right, whether it's, uh, you're in the middle of development or you, you have a, a site in production and the site's down and, and everybody's you know, running around, uh, concerned that the site's not up, um, which can be an incredibly stressful situation, uh, especially in a production, uh, environment. And people, uh, going around if the site's not down and, and um, you know, that you're, you're losing lots of money if it's an e-commerce site or, or the, you know, the, 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 site is the main driver of your business. It can be incredibly stressful. And I think the. First thing I tell people to do in a situation like that is to just to take a deep breath and relax. And I know it seems kind of redundant to say that, but uh, if you're caught up in that, you're, you're, you're caught up in that kind of primal in survival instinct, especially if you've got management breathing down your neck of when is it going to be back up, when is it going to be back up, of just taking a deep breath in. in just centering yourself. Um, I, there, there's a lot to be said for that. I've been in very stressful situations where very large sites are down. Um, you know, very, uh, very powerful people angry that the site's not up, but you you, you're going to do your best work if you can kind of calm yourself down. And I guess I did a little bit of background on my myself. I I don't talk a lot, a lot about it on the podcast, but um, prior to getting into Sitecore, I spent about six years in Microsoft support organization. Um, I worked in premier support and, um, uh, for, for a good portion of that. And it was dealing with larger companies, um, where sites were down. And um, my role was more as a uh, development consultant. I think my official title was application development consultant uh, within the premier support organization. Um, And a lot of times um, I wasn't doing the direct troubleshooting, but scoping an issue and determining where exactly it is, especially in a large complex system. Is it something on the client side? Is it something with IIS? Is it something in the HTML code or the ASP.NET code? Um, that was causing an issue I often found in those situations even if it was stressful just to get everyone to calm down if you're calm and if you've got control of the situation uh, and are, are approaching things uh, in a methodical manner um, things are gonna go a lot easier so i yeah that's my first suggestion whether it's whether it's psycho or any other situation just take a deep breath um, in, in most cases especially with the sites that we're building on psycho nobody's going to nobody's gonna die because your marketing site is down most times your site or site is not running life support so um kind of ask yourself is anybody you know the, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna perish because the site's down let's take a step back and and start to be methodical and that's kind of my first suggestion when you get into uh, troubleshooting issues is have a have a system have a system you can go through it it balances your efforts and you can go through and determine what, you know, what the, the cause is. So kind of step zero, or like I, like, I well, like to liken it to is, is the, is, is the, is it plugged in? Um, you know, the, 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 first question I usually ask folks are, you know, did you publish the item? Uh, a lot of times you'll get a marketer or, or content owner saying that they've made an edit and it's not appearing on the website. So did you actually publish it? And did you publish everything, including the images, uh, and the templates, you know, maybe you pushed out a new development change and there's new templates involved. Uh, did those get published as well? If you've just deployed new code to the site, uh, did, did, that stuff get published? to the um, the information there get published, whether it's the renderings or the, the templates, there's there's a lot of data that drives your code within Sitecore uh, and, and builds the site, and that's the power of Sitecore, right? It's 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 very data driven from the actual website data itself to the presentation logic is is data driven as well. And it leads to great systems such as personalization and, and testing. But all of that information has to go out when you when you publish it. So that's kind of step zero did you actually publish the information? And the best way to do this is to actually check the web database. If you are unfamiliar with it and are logged into Sitecore, you can switch which database you browse in the content editor if you launch it from the desktop. So from the launch pad after you've you've logged in, uh, be sure to launch the desktop. It looks a lot like a Windows desktop um that's no coincidence and then you can launch in the in the lower right hand corner you can switch which database you're looking at so l- verify that the the data that you actually published uh was was pushed out to the web database um maybe there was some workflow preventing some of it from getting published so that's kind of this is really kind of uh, it, it's kind of step zero. Um, but it's often something that, um, you know, in the heat of the moment you may overlook like, Oh, I, you know, I totally forgot to publish that new rendering. That's why that call out's not appearing on that page. And so then the next step is kind of make sure your stuff is on the server. Um, so did, did your, did your config file changes get pushed out? Uh, this is where something like show config, Uh, that ASPX, uh, is invaluable. Can you, can you see that your information is actually there? Uh, look at the version numbers of the assemblies on the server. Are you, are you actually hitting the URL? I don't know how many times I've been, uh, you know, just frustrated that a change isn't, isn't being done. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this stuff pushed out to the QA server and turns out I'm looking at the production URL. So Obviously, I'm pushing changes not to that server but to the QA server. I'm looking at the wrong URL. So in, in these cases like that, it might be a good idea to get a second set of eyes. You know, hey, this is where the, the changes I'm, I'm hoping to see am I, my am I off base here. Uh, so just getting a, a fellow colleague or someone else to look at it, um, you know, might be a good idea. So then the next question is, what if I don't have access to the server? What if I can't get on, you know, physically log into that machine, uh, and look at it? And up through about, um, version, if you, if you've been with the platform a while, there used to be a tool called the Developer Center. It allowed, um, in, in way back in early versions, you did a lot of development through this, but it offered a fair number of tools, one of which was, um, the ability to browse files on the server. Uh, and it's still there. I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes to how you can still launch that. If you're on Sitecore eight, uh, I've heard rumblings that it's been completely removed in Sitecore nine. So it may, it may not be as applicable on newer installations, but if it's a, if it's a psych eight or earlier, um, it's definitely something you can do. You can launch the old developer center. Uh, the UI is not going to look that great with, um, ever since they've, uh, kind of changed the styling of the, the, the Cycord desktop in uh, version eight timeframe, the styling harkens back to the old kind of version seven to an earlier styling, but it's, it's, it's an option if you, especially on an older installation. So then, Assuming you've done that, assuming okay, yeah, so the site is plugged in. It's it's you know we, we've we've checked that all my stuff's there. So how do I how do I understand what's going on? And and Sitecore, Sitecore will tell you what is wrong if you just know how to ask. Um, so this is where I you know I usually ask people you know have you checked the logs? I'm seeing this error. You know like this isn't working great. Have you checked the logs? And a lot of times, especially early Sitecore developers, are kind of like. Where are the logs? Um, so, if you on your Sitecore installation, this is this is very common, uh, especially on a, on a developer workstation. Um, it's a it's a great place to look if you if you're not uh, directly debugging, or if it's a if it's an issue that's say it's only happening on your QA server, or it's only ha- happening on your integration server. Um, to check the logs, um, so the logs are actually default to a directory on um, in the installation route in the data directory called logs. Um, Sitecore uses a tool called Log4Net, and it will write um, various different logs to that directory. Um, And I think they're often overlooked. I think you can, there's a lot of information in there. And within the configuration files, you can set kind of the log level that Sitecore uses, including to the most detailed one called Trace. And Sitecore will write a lot of information to that directory. You you need to be careful that you don't, if you do this on a QA server, you don't leave it there. Uh, I've seen instances, where the disk drive has been completely filled up with gigs and gigs of log files because Syscore is writing uh, a, a lot of that information out. A lot of people may want to jump straight to the Windows Event Viewer, um, which is which is okay. Uh, it's less useful. Um, you'll get some of the the kind of the high, higher level crash information, but it's 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 not as not as useful as actually going straight to the Syscore logs. Um, and Syscore does break these out to various different logs. There's a log for when it's doing its indexing. That's the crawling log. It's got the general one that's got most information. It is the log, you know, it's named log and it's got a timestamp on it. Uh, and there's a few other ones. Um, searches run through the content search API, uh, result in some information written to the search log, which is very useful when troubleshooting stuff that's, that you've written that's using the content search API. So definitely learn to look at the logs and Sitecore actually has a a tool for uh analyzing these log files is the socor log analyzer you can point it at a large directory full of these logs give it it'll parse all those in um bring all that information into the tool and then allow you to kind of look at the logs uh, on a, on a time frame basis uh, it'll aggregate up that it says hey we, you know what we've seen this this same exact exception thrown this many times and then when you click on that in the log analyzer it'll show you on the time frame um that you know, this is how often that that particular exception is being thrown. Uh, another you know, another useful thing is just to look at the logs in real time. Um, I'm I'm fond of a tool from the Unix realm called Tail. Um, if you use the, the there are various flavors available for Windows, uh, and it's called tailing a log. So if you uh, run that in a in a command line, you do a tail -f, which is for follow, and it will just dump uh, anything that gets written to that file to the screen there are other tools out there like bear tail and splunk um, that allow you to kind of analyze the logs in real time and i've gotten to the point where you just even if you're looking at the logs if you're trying to monitor the health of something you know not going right you'll watch as this log is going by and there's a certain cadence to it there's a certain uh, you, you you see this the certain amount of information flowing by uh, you're not necessarily going to interpret all of it as it flows by but there's a there's a, you'll you'll see when something happens there'll be something out of the ordinary it'll be like a a blip on the screen that just doesn't make sense and that's where maybe okay now i need to go back i know the timestamp of where this happened i can look at the logs uh and do some more investigation so assuming you've gone through these logs now it's now that the question is is it your code Um, Is it your code that's causing the issue if if there is an exception being thrown so look for exceptions in the logs and there's a full call stack there. And if you've got uh, if you've done a deployment with debug symbols, it'll actually give you line numbers Um, so you can kind of get a better sense of where in the code is is the error occurring. Um, and even if it's not in your code, even if it's something in Sitecore, say you've done a configuration that's causing Sitecore to to throw an error, or something. Sitecore's naming convention within its own namespaces and such will give you an indication of what's causing the issue. So look at the call stack. You can get a lot of information by looking at that. So some common errors I've seen, a lot of times, and this is, this is more so if you're a SciCorp partner, you'll see, you'll get this, uh, and especially this, this is often a case of, uh, a QA site. Maybe you've got ASP.NET error, custom errors turned off, so you don't really see what's going on. And when you look into it, you'll, you'll get this error and it says required license is missing runtime. Um, so that means SciCorp can't find its license file. Or if you've got a license file that expires, whether it's a temporary one or if you're a partner and have a partner license that expires, maybe your, your license is expired fired. I, I I've seen that happen more than once on a, on an internal QA site, uh, where, uh, the, the 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 partner license is expired and now everybody's scrambling because none of the QA sites work. So uh, if if you have a license that expires regularly, if you are, uh, for example, if you are a PsychCorp partner, put something on your calendar. Look at when when your license is good till, and put something on your calendar so you're reminded to be sure to swap it out. Um, you may uh, do that on the project that you're on now, but maybe there's another project that that needs to be updated as that as that partner license. Expires. Another common one I'll see is it's, it's something along the lines of you. You can't resolve this type name, and it gives you some big long type name. Uh, more often than not, inside one of your site configurations, you're referring to some uh, some .dot net type. Um, you know, potentially some custom code that you've written, uh, and the can say the config file gets uh, pushed out. Um, say you have some code you want to run every time an item is saved. So you have a, a, a an item saved command handler and you're going to have run some custom code. Um, but if the config file gets pushed out, but, your new DLL doesn't Sitecore tries to instantiate that type and it doesn't work. Uh, it'll, it'll throw an error. Um, that one's, that one's pretty common. Um, it's, it's looking you know, and, and typically the way to fix that is, is to go through show config or, or search through the config files and figure out what, what type is, is missing and where should it be coming from? So wh- that that's kind of some base. Um, that's some base stuff to look at or what are some kind of advanced stuff? So, you know, Performance issues are always a big one. Um, you know the, the site the site works great in development, but once we have it under load, now it doesn't perform so well. And this is where some more advanced tools um, in the .NET realm come into play. Profilers are a good tool. Uh, I'm fond of the Trace, uh, although I've used Ants Profiler from Redgate in the past. These are not they're not free tools, but. Given their cost and given how much time you you can spend trying to track down performance issues, uh, they're a great shortcut. And if you've never used one before, basically it's a tool that attaches to your process as if uh, almost like a debugger. Uh, you run through and do some information on it and it will time each Function call, and after a while, once you once you stop the profiling, it'll give you a report of which functions took the longest. And I've seen I've seen areas where after browsing the site a couple of times, and we, we look at it, there was a there was a, a pipeline handler and an HTTP request begin that was that was taking a really long time, and it was actually causing the entire site to be slow. Uh, we've had other ter- times where we were calling an external web service; um, it was making a SOAP call. And, and this one wasn't quite obvious at first, but we, we saw that it was spending a lot of time serializing and deserializing XML. And so if you know anything about SOAP, it uses XML on the wire for, for, for trading that information. And the, the level of data this service was sending back was just way more than we needed. And it was spending so much time serializing this that, that, that was actually where the, the, the slow part was. Um, so profilers are really good. If you, if you've never used one, um, they, they can be eye-opening, um, to kind of just shine a light on what are some problem areas in your code and where, where stuff's taking the longest. Something good to look at, and then for ongoing stuff, tools uh, and these are less tools themselves as more services like New Relic and AppDynamics. Um, they're, um, they're 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 services you subscribe to. You install an agent on your server, and then it monitors and sends a lot of this profile information up to uh, up to these reporting services. You can set up different levels to be be notified uh, of an issue in your code and, and you can get an email or some other notification. Um, they offer other services like, like ping monitoring and so forth. So if your site goes down, you'll get a notification, um, they're very useful, and I think finally the the kind of the most advanced maneuver. Um, and this this harkens back to my days working in premier support of using something like WinDBG. WinDBG is part of the um, it's it's a debugging tool for doing what's called postmortem debugging. Um, so you you basically dump the entire memory of a process. Um, so on the server you take a snapshot of everything that's in memory. Uh, you load it into, uh, and that's called a dump file. Um, they're quite large, especially on larger sites, especially now that we are running sites that are 64 bit addressing gigs and gigs of memory, especially with site and it's caching. You can see worker processes, you know, reach seven to eight to 10 gigs of memory. If you're, if you're caching a lot of information, all of that gets written to a file. Uh, it's going to be seven, 10, eight gigs, uh, uh, the, the file size, loading that uh, into a tool like WinDBG and actually examining what's going on inside of memory at that point. Uh, I'm going to fully admit that this is this is something that uh I've done in the past. It is uh incredibly powerful. Uh WinDBG itself uses not very intuitive commands. Um there are definitely tons of resources online for for using it and I've been involved with looking at dumps from from Psychor processes and looking at what's going on in there. But it is definitely a um uh it's a tool that if you're not using it every day that the, the knowledge of it kind of goes goes away um but yeah know that it's there i i guess i want to shed light that it's that it's 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 a tool uh i use it kind of as a last resort if we can't get at the information from other means um i have worked with Psychore support in the past of, of of getting a dump from a from a, a a production server to analyze what what actually was going on um, it is definitely not the first step. Uh, there are plenty of troubleshooting steps to take beforehand, but it, is, uh, it will give you the most information. Um, kind of a, a halfway point to that, there's a tool uh, that was originally, when I was uh, at Microsoft, it was built by a group internally called the Structured Internet Engineering Team, and it's since been released to the public called DebugDiag. Debug DIAG is a tool that you install directly on your server. Um, and it's it, it's it's pretty neat in that you can set up various rules with it. You can say that, hey, when the CPU reaches this level, uh, take a take a memory dump of, of the process. Um, Or, you know, anytime that, you know, you can have it tied to a counter or you can have it tied to, you know, to say take one every 30 seconds uh, for a total of 10. And then it ships with a, a, a lot of analysis tools that you can point it at a, a series of these dump files. It will churn through all of them. Look for very, very common issues. Uh, and then push that out in a report. So a lot of times you can see that like, Hey, this, this process has been waiting on a connection to the database. Maybe you're having database connectivity issues. Um, uh, and so that would be, uh, you know, it, it may be, it may be a good tool for using before you're going down the route of doing full memory, uh, memory dump analysis, um, because it's it's quite automated and it produces really good reports, so it will do a lot of the a lot of the heavy lifting of looking through kind of uh, memory dump files and figuring out what's going on. So I hope that shed a little bit of a light on it. I you know obviously I can't get into a lot of depth uh, in an audio format like this, but I wanted to kind of at least give you guys an idea of of, of things to look at and, and processes to go through uh, if you run into issues with Sitecore, It's um. Uh, It's unfortunate when it is, but it's a a fact of developing on the platform that you're going to run into issues sometimes. So I'd like to go back to kind of where I started. You know, it, it can be a stressful situation. Take a deep breath. Relax a little bit and have your system go through stuff systematically. Look at and investigate to figure out what's going on wrong. So thanks again for listening. Uh, you can always reach us here at info at core sampler.fm. Or if you go to core sampler.fm, there's a contact page there. Uh, we love hearing from you. and love the feedback we've been getting. And we'll talk to you guys next time.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of core sampler to see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit core sampler.fm there. You can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.
1: Would love to hear from you. Uh, I've been loving the the information. <sighs> I had to take a deep breath.